Hi, this is David Harewood, and you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Mark Guggenheim shares the four show crossover titles. Hot Topic is selling DC TV merchandise. And we discuss Welcome to Earth. This is Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. And I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season two episode of the show titled Welcome to Earth. I, I feel like I should be saying that in terms of the Will Smith Independence Day version, you know, Welcome to Earth. <laughs> Because that's I know <laughs> it's apparently what it was sort of uh, modeled after. Uh, Derek Simon had tweeted that on Twitter, and I was like, "Oh, that's where that's from." It made all sorts of oh, sense. That's so funny. So I'm going to try to fight the urge to say it Will Smith styles. Um, <laughs> uh, but before we get to our discussion, let's get to the news. According to comicbook.com, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow showrunner Mark Guggenheim teased that the episode titles for the big four-show DC TV crossover would be Invasion. He revealed that Arrow 508 will be called Invasion, Legends of Tomorrow 207 will be called Invasion, and we can only assume that the crossover episode of The Flash will also be called Invasion. (laughs) Uh, so I don't know what you think about this, uh, Morgan, but it's, uh, it's funny that they all have the same title. I respect any title that ha- includes an exclamation point. Cause it was like, it's like invasion. Yeah. I didn't give it the, the correct in- inflection there. It should be more, <laughs> you know, uh, more enthusiasm invasion. Um, invasion. yeah. So I, I guess that sort of makes sense because if you only watched legends of tomorrow, the Legends of Tomorrow episode would be your only look into... Your only invasion. Your only invasion. So I guess that makes sense that each episode of each show would be called that. Although I would assume, I mean, I'm assuming, uh, but I would think that most people watch all of the shows, but if if you're playing it safe, I guess that's the right way to do it. I feel like... Most people who watch Legends of Tomorrow who watch all the shows. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think because because it's just like all the leftover characters. Right, the right, right. Shows. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't I don't know because I only watch um, Flash and uh, I don't watch Arrow. So it is. I mean, it's possible. I, I will probably watch Arrow Invasion. But, you know, that's just because I, you know, re- respect for the exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little bit of a completist. So if if this is a. If this is a, a four-show DCTV crossover, I feel like I have to watch, even though I don't really want to have to watch Arrow. <laughs> if, if it's part of the crossover, I feel like I have to watch it so that I can understand the full the impact of what's happening. So um, that's good so to know. So does that mean that the Supergirl episode is going to be called Invasion? I don't 
think so, because everything that we've learned about this is that Supergirl just sort of is the impetus for the invasion, but I don't mm. think she's getting her own episode segment of the crossover. So I don't. I just feel sad that she doesn't get to have the invasion title. I know, especially like, with all every, the, everybody else is having them. <laughs> I mean, Supergirl is the show, and we'll get to this in the discussion. But Supergirl is the show that has all the aliens and all of the big themed and big real world ideas about you know aliens and alien rights and what you know what would it be like if all the you know humans had to deal with the alien. Like Supergirl is dealing with the invasion. <laughs> Why doesn't she get an episode? title invasion but hey not my shows i guess uh, <laughs> so, so uh we'll, we'll have to see because i'm very curious about what supergirl's part in all of this is um since it doesn't sound like she's getting uh, like a specific episode for this crossover so yeah i'm, I'm very curious about it hot topic is now selling dc tv clothing including a supergirl hooded jacket the description of the jacket reads, transform yourself into the woman sent to protect Superman when you wear this hooded jacket from DC Comics, DC TV, limited edition fashion collection. The deep blue zipper front jacket has contrasting crimson cuffs, waist uh, waistband and collar, snap hip pockets, and features a gold embroidered trim Supergirl logo on front. The hoodie has a zipper detail that reveals the crimson lining of the hood that s- simulates the look of Supergirl's cape. Yeah, these are pretty cool. I was surprised that they were doing this. I know uh, Hot Topic had done a lot of stuff for Suicide Squad, but now they are in the DC TV business. Um, so, what do you think about all of all of the different clothing, especially this uh, Supergirl hooded jacket? So, I like might have bought it already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was because uh, I was so there were. In my local area, there was a Harry Potter festival last weekend uh, outside of Philadelphia. So I realized I somehow had managed to go through my life without having anything Harry Potter themed. <gasps> so I was like, too hot topic, to the rescue. <laughs> and obviously, when, when I was in hot topic, it was just like sitting there going yeah. like, you host a Supergirl podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's reasonable. That's a reasonable jacket. Thank you. <laughs> so I bought that and I bought the uh, the White Canary jacket. Nice. Because while I was buying that jacket, he was. Uh, I was like, well, maybe we could order the White Canary, too. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was like, you also host a Legends of Tomorrow <laughs> The jackets were literally calling to you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They were like, this is for work. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think they are pretty cool. The Supergirl one is, is really interesting about how, it, you know, the, the hood unzips and, and you kind of feel like you have a cape on the back. So that's, that's pretty awesome. But they, they all look really cool they even have a selena kyle uh hooded jacket from gotham and an arrow hooded jacket which the arrow jacket that seemed like a no-brainer um to make it a hooded jacket and there's also a flash jacket so um maybe maybe morgan should buy all of them oh uh, god no i did i saw the i saw the arrow and the uh, the flash one when i was in there and, and and actually the selena one and uh they're all really cool looking um the, I, I was talking to the, like the guy who was checking out, and he was like, "The flash one should have like the white, fla- like the it should have white around the flash symbol." And so he was like a purist, but I liked. <laughs> I, I, I was like, "Okay, I'm not getting that far into it," but uh, I, I I like them, and the uh, the Supergirl like hoodie actually is is very comfortable. It's like really nice. It's heavy material. 
That's that's good to know. I'm gonna have to check that out. That's what I tell that's what I tell myself because I bought it, but <laughs> I had to just I had, I had to keep justifying it to myself. Hey, it's a good purchase, and it's winter time I, now, so exactly. So I'll get use out of them. You're gonna need it, I think. Um, <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, now I feel like I'm behind, Morgan. Now I need to jump on this. You gotta get out and see your local hot topic. You <laughs> <laughs> gotta see what they're selling. Well, that's cool. All right, well, let's get into our discussion of the Season 2 episode of Supergirl titled Welcome to Earth. Here's the official description. Quote, an attack is made on the president, guest star Linda Carter, as hot-button alien versus human rights issues heat up in National City. Supergirl and the DEO are assigned to protect the president and bring in the responsible party. Alex teams up with Detective Maggie Sawyer, a guest star Floriana Lima, to investigate the case while Kara searches for a recently escaped character, who we find out is named Monel, who she fears may be the alien behind the assault. So this uh, was a very interesting episode, had a lot of big themes, a lot of big um, things that I personally had to think about. And uh, one of the characters that sort of brings these discussion points into light is the president of the United States played by Linda Carter. She is president Olivia Marsden. Um, so Morgan, what did you think about Linda Carter as the POTUS? Oh my God. It was so cool having Linda Carter on the show. I was dying. I was so excited. I feel like I keep saying this like every episode this season, but this was my favorite of the season <laughs> so far. <laughs> like I, I'm just going to become like a, hopefully this is true that I just become a broken record of saying this is my favorite one so far <laughs> uh, because it's had a really good, like a pretty strong run these first three episodes. And like, how can you not love Linda Carter? She's just everything. And, uh, and her, and the, the president character I thought was so cool and uh, do we want to talk about, like, the kind of the twist at the end? Yes, we definitely need to talk about the twist. What, what did you think about that? So I was confused um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and intrigued, as I should be. Mm-hmm. But does this mean that an alien is impersonating the president? Or was the president, like, an alien the whole time? <laughs> That's a really good question because it does not the, – the episode doesn't really answer that. It just kind of gives the tease at the end that something is not right with the president. Does that mean that Linda Carter will be back? <laughs> I think so. – I mean, she has to, right? You can't just, like, leave that hanging that the president might be an alien. Like, you can't just dangle that and not come back to it. I think she definitely has to come back. I sort of took it as, uh, it's tough, because the president, so the president's whole deal in this episode is that she wants to sign and put into effect and grant full rights of, you know, American citizenship to the, like, the immigrant alien population. She wants to sign this Alien Amnesty Act that's going to allow, it's, it's, what it is, is they explain it in the episode is an executive order that allows aliens on earth to come out of the shadows and live as full citizens. So if she is an alien, I guess the alien wants that to happen, or is the alien trying to make that happen? So people like riot in the streets or, you know, pits people of earth, you know, up against each other, you know, causes a divide. So I don't know what the agenda would be of the alien if an alien is impersonating the president. So I, I, I don't know, because it could be one of two things. It could be an alien impersonating the president or the president, the real president, was trying to do this Alien Amnesty Act and just 
in that last scene, there's an alien impersonating present. So I don't know. That's it's a good twist because it's not the the mystery has not been solved. So I, I think that's cool that it, it leaves it open ended to come back to. Yeah, I was interested. I was like, has the president been an alien this whole time? Like maybe the president was always an alien. Like she was just like landed on Earth and she was like, I'm going to get into politics. I don't know what alien would ever make that choice. But (laughs) (laughs) there's got to be a a hardworking, ambitious alien out there somewhere that's like that's like one day I'll be president. (laughs) (laughs) An alien with big dreams or exactly or, or who just got really bored and wanted a challenge. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting thought. What alien would, cause I don't know too many human beings who want to be, pre- I don't want to be president of the United States. That's a hard job. Exactly. Yeah. Um, that's, and, and the, and all of the logistics that would take for that to happen. I don't know if the alien, there's so many questions about this. So like if the alien was impersonating the president, would they be impersonating a, a real person like Hank Henshaw who already had maybe documentation of like their birth certificate, you know, their citizenship, all of it. Cause you have to have a certain amount of documentation in order to be president of the United States. So I don't know yeah, how that does works. That, does that mean that the, uh, that the president is like in a, like in a, tied up in a cellar somewhere, like, and like this alien is just out there like swanning around being president or like, I've got so many questions. Well, that's just not. Bring, we gotta, we gotta bring Linda Carter she's back. Got, she's gotta gotta come, we got, we gotta get these questions answered. Um, well, that's not out of the realm of possibility because that did happen last season with Senator Crane. Um, there was a mix-up there where the the senator was kind of kidnapped and the white Martian uh, took over. So there's, the, I, I sort of don't want that to be the case because I don't want them to repeat things they've already done. I mean, it's season two. Don't don't start repeating yourself in season two. Um, yeah, it's too early for that. <laughs> usually, shows wait till like seven, eight seasons in to do that. Uh, so season two would be a little early, but it could happen. I don't know. I think at this point we're still uh, waiting on some more information. But um, but yeah, so that twist. I was actually very excited about the twist because I've been complaining a lot. Um, if people have listened to this podcast, they know it, then they've heard the complaining. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have been doing a little bit of complaining about how the CW doesn't keep any of their secrets <laughs> quiet, that they just tell everyone their storylines. And this was a breath of fresh air that I had no idea. Cause I figured, Oh, Linda Carter is going to be the president. She's going to be a good guy. It's going to be great. And then at the end, when she, it she, turns out she's like this, possibly a villain, I was like, ooh, I like this. Because it's fascinating, uh, because Linda Carter did uh, like a live Facebook Q&A um, mm-hmm. Monday afternoon before the episode aired. And there was a question from someone who asked her if she could play another DC Comics character like a hero or a villain who would she play and she sort of really skirted around the issue um a little bit and i I thought that was really interesting because looking at it back at it now she maybe maybe she didn't know a lot of characters and maybe she couldn't name any but or maybe she was trying to be really um careful about what she said so she didn't ruin a twist you know like that kind of stuff so that interesting yeah so that was that was uh funny to think back at that that um, when somebody, you know, was asking her, like, can you tease anything about the episode? She was like, nope, 
I'm not going to say a thing. So thank you, Linda Carter, for your discretion, <laughs> for keeping <laughs> for keeping your twist secret. Appreciate Linda it. Carter is like the anti-CW. Yes. Linda Carter Keeping should be her doing secret, secret. all the PR for the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's funny because there was a there's a couple of of fun like Wonder Woman shoutouts in the episode, um, but like the one the one I picked up on like because I'm usually really bad at picking up on that kind of stuff, but the one that even I could pick up on was when she mentioned something about like oh you should see my other jet. Well, and and I was like her invisible one because um, you've seen <laughs> the invisible jet, right? Yeah, and yeah, I was close by. It was, <laughs> it was, it was not what I expected, but <laughs> I had the opportunity to, to to actually sit in the invisible jet. But the line was long, and it was a little lame. So I was like, eh, I'm okay. But but um, but I had actually a, a, like a minute where I was like, what if? like Wonder Woman is the president in this universe. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. It's a different name, but maybe <laughs> like, like, I was, like going down like a spiral. And then she turned out to be an alien. And I was like, this is even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, they made, they made us really kind of ponder about it, which I thought was great. And there was a lot of people caught the Wonder Woman esque spin that Kara had to do as Supergirl when she's kind of putting out the fires that are all over her. Um, so they did do, I, I think th- with the Wonder Woman Easter eggs, I felt, in my opinion, they did that much better than they did the Superman, the movie stuff from, uh, the Superman appearances when they were like every five seconds mentioning something from Superman, the movie or the Christopher Reeve Superman. And I was like, you've got to stop this. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you need we to get it. We, we get it. Please. <laughs> you, you need to chill out. You need to cool it. But with the Wonder Woman those, stuff... Those episodes were like the definition of no chill, though. They were like, no, <laughs> not going to chill. Never going to chill. They were not going <laughs> to cool it. They were like, we're, we don't care if Rebecca doesn't like it. We're going to keep doing it. Um, but I think the Wonder Woman stuff was handled much better in this episode. So um, that I, I, was, I, was, I was good with. I, I thought they did a good job with that. Um, so, Morgan, what did you think about all of this alien amnesty thing? Because that was, that was a big part of this episode, and it sort of played into learning about how all of the different characters on the show felt about it. We, we heard from Jean and Alex and Maggie and Kara and Lena and um, so they all kind of have different opinions on it. So what did you think about what uh, the amnesty, the Alien Amnesty Act um, part of the episode was trying to do or say? I thought it was really interesting. I thought it was a really cool way to like kind of delve into a little bit of like real world issues. I thought this episode in particular was we saw a lot of things mirroring like our actual real world. And I thought that was cool. Um, I, yeah, I thought that the way that they dealt with the amnesty thing was, was very neat because you had the people who are definitely for it. Like car is like a hundred percent. And then you have people like Lena who is not as excited about it. Or, um, <laughs> even like even Alex and, and Hank are a little bit like, uh, which that was the one that surprised me when Hank was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. And I was like, but you're a Martian. Yeah. Well, I, I actually really liked that about him because Jean or Hank, he is very level-headed and he thinks about the bigger picture. And I really appreciate about that part of his character and his portrayal is that he doesn't like for Kara, of course she's going to be all like, yeah, pro alien. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? Um, but, <laughs> but 
I think is it is I think you're right. It is interesting and I was kind of shocked by Jean's position on that, but I think he also, you know, he's he and Alex are in the DEO and they see bad aliens all the time. They've the whole season 1 was about all of these aliens who are trying to take over the world between <laughs> Astra and Non and Indigo, like all of them were ca- causing chaos and the DEO saw all of that. They had to deal with all of that and, and try to save the world from their, uh, their conquering. So I think the level-headedness of the Hank Jean character, I, I was very impressed by. Yeah, I liked that. I thought that was a really good, um, really good, like, shading for his character. Because I think going in, you would expect that he would be, like, not, you know, to Kara's level because no one's at Kara's level of enthusiasm. <laughs> but, like, you would think that he would be on the side of being supportive of this. And he's more, like, neutral to negative on it. And I thought that was really interesting. to so Like, even among aliens, there's, like, a, a split of opinion about whether or not this is a good idea. And I think the... Um, what the with Alex too I think when you see her in the beginning she's very much against it and then as she spends more time with Maggie and she like goes to like the alien dive bar and (laughs) sees that there are other aliens out there that aren't all bad you know some of them are just kind of creepy bar patrons (laughs) like she she kind of she kind of becomes a little bit more I mean I think she's still very much not enthusiastic about it but I think she's more understanding about it which I thought was interesting and I also really like the idea of there being an alien dive bar because I think in the first season it was very much like the aliens were all explained because they all came with Kara on uh, you know through the phantom zone and all this and like this season they've just kind of given that up they're like they're aliens (laughs) and they're everywhere they have a bar. <laughs> like, well, they never really explain, like, how did all these people get here? Yeah, I was thinking about that, too. I don't know if some of these people, maybe they are from Fort Ross, and these are just the aliens that the DEO never rounded up. I don't know. I That's a, that's a good point, because... <laughs> maybe they're, like, the aliens from Fort Ross, who, like, by the time the DEO got to them, they had, like, a mortgage and, like, a 401k, and they were like, <laughs> you know what? L- let them go. They've got really good dental. They're, they're, <laughs> they're harmless. Just, just exactly. let them live their lives. Um, but I think it's a really interesting point that you bring up about Alex, because... She goes into the dive bar, and she is um, shown that there are these aliens who just who just want to live their lives, you know, in peace, you know, drinking whatever weird, maybe alien <laughs> alcohol that they drink or whatever they do in there. Um, but even the aliens in the bar, one of uh, Maggie's, the one of the guys who comes up to Maggie and Alex in the bar, um, Maggie uh, says this about Alex. She says, careful, she likes shooting aliens. And the alien says, a few of us deserve it. So, yeah, <laughs> that 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 was kind of like, oh, so even among the aliens who are in this dive bar trying to seek sort of refuge from other people who might not like them, even they realize that there are those among them who could be uh, harmful or bad or who could do um, some damage to the world even among their groups. So I thought this was a really nuanced episode in terms of like showing all of the sides to everything and how not just one group is going to think one way and one group is going to think another way. It was like everybody was trying to see all the sides to it. And I really appreciated that. 
And I thought it was even interesting because the what en- ends up being the real villain of the episode is that one lady alien who's I don't think we even got a name for. But her point was that she didn't want that uh, amnesty to be signed. Her point was that they weren't going to use it as an amnesty. They were going to use it as a, re- a way to register them and all like know exactly where they were at all times. And I thought that that was interesting because it kind of skirts a little bit close to like the Captain America Civil War kind of discussion where like should they these superhero superpowered people be registered like should the government know who they are should they just be able to like go around and have their superpowers and and you know be undercover like it it was I, I thought that was an interesting that like you think the whole time that the aliens are maybe going after the president you know just to, like kill her but it was actually like more of a like a political statement she was like you know once she signs this amnesty it's not going to be good for aliens actually yeah oh totally um and i think you're right i don't think they have actually named the character in the episode but from derek simon's tweets who who was one of the writers of the episode apparently that was scorcher who is a character uh, from DC Comics who is sort of like a, I don't know much about Scorcher, but uh, Scorcher is mainly, I think, a Teen Titans villain. So uh, that's mostly Ah. what I know about Scorcher, but I think that's who that was supposed to be. Um, But yeah, I think that, for me, I thought the Scorcher part of that, um, like you said, that statement, that um, political stance to it is, uh, it's almost, to me, from what I know about like the AIDS epidemic in the 80s, it sort of reminded me about that because um, when AIDS started kind of happening and people started realizing, oh, the, you know, AIDS is kind of coming through the gay population and that's kind of spreading that way, there, there was a lot of talk about, you know, getting them tested and doing all this stuff and sort of kind of registering them with the tests. And so a lot of the, the gay community was really against that. So it sort of reminded me of that whole thing. Um, because in some ways there are, are good sides to both arguments. Like, yes, we probably should. And I think this is reflected in the episode that I was sort of conflicted through this whole thing, um, which, which is kind of why I really like this episode because it really challenged me to think. Um, but Lena, I thought, had a good point. She was like, you know, even, even if the aliens are good, humans also could, you know, they're within their right to know if they're, you know, people that they work with or whatever, you know, are aliens, you know, there, there's a point to that. But then there's also a point to, you know, the aliens are, are, are in our country now and our country stands for, you know, uh, freedom and, and, and we're against persecution and America was built on immigrants. Like that should be, we should be welcoming. So it's, it's very much a two-sided issue that I think sort of blends for me because I want to be about freedom and and welcoming immigrants but then you also don't want to uh, I guess in a way like since since the some of the even the aliens recognize that there were bad people out there it, that's such a tough line it's like a tough issue for me because what do you do what do you do in that position so um, I thought there were a lot of good points that were made throughout all of the characters yeah, I thought it was a really interesting episode, and I felt like it was very, like, of the time, like, of the some of the, you know, the debates that we're having, like, just in the country right now. But, like, I also kind of thought uh, was wondering, does this mean, now that Amnesty, she signed the Amnesty, does this mean that, like, the aliens have, like, civil rights? And, like, if they, if they like, 
get an alien like the next time does that mean that they have to have like a court case because it seems like the deo has just been like locking them in little tubes in their in their basement like we i mean we haven't seen since they got upgraded to their swanky new digs we haven't (laughs) seen their like the the basement uh section where they would just like throw people into these really weird round circular jail cells uh the cinematic jail cells but like it they they were definitely just tossing people in there without any due process like are they gonna have to is there gonna be like a spinoff like like supergirl like law and order (laughs) yeah uh that's a great point because the deo i mean if they if they sign this alien amnesty act would they would the deo be called into you know be held accountable for the you know secret shady things they've done and and keeping these aliens against their will um, you know maybe the maybe the aliens should be all for this act because then it would sort of keep them out of the prisons and things like that so I, yeah i mean there's there's yeah, a lot, could, there's a lot of legal questions that happens with this cuz i was thinking about like Ma- like last season when they had like Maxwell Lord who by the way wh- whatever happened to him I don't but know. uh <laughs> you think he would be all um, up in this business you, he was, he was against I, aliens I like, last season. I feel like poor Peter Fascinelli was a uh, was an unfortunate uh, byproduct of the move to the yeah. CW. I don't I don't think that I'm sensing he did not make the move yeah. with Supergirl because we have heard nothing about Max with the Lord at all. We haven't seen him, and I I don't I haven't heard that he's going to pop back up again. And I so. haven't either. I almost feel like the show wants us to forget he ever existed. Which is I, sad because yeah. Peter Fascinelli is great. Yeah, and it, it seemed like he he could have played a, a part in the storyline. Yeah, because I remember last season when they they had Maxwell Lord and they had him like suspected of something, and they like literally just tossed him into a cell and like left him for days. It's like uh, that's not you can't what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Alex is like Alex is like rights don't exist here. <laughs> Yeah, because I so think- it'll be it'll be interesting to see if that if uh, how far Supergirl wants to like go down that rabbit hole with the, all the like the alien amnesty stuff. Because does that mean like from now on after they save the day they have to like take the alien to like some sort of special holding cell and they're like, okay, your lawyer will be with you soon. <laughs> that is something I didn't think of. But they would have to have this if they were guaranteed the same rights as every other American citizen. They would have to have you know rights to an attorney and uh, and the ability not to incriminate themselves and all of those uh, rights that we are given by our um our government so i that's a really good question and i don't know would they turn the deo into those places where they would bring them like i don't know what they would do with the deo because the deo i think was started so that see i'm confused now that we're thinking about cuz i feel like the cuz i feel like the deo was like working undercover because people weren't Aware. I mean I guess people had to have known that aliens existed though because Superman, Superman was just yeah. flying around for right. you know however whatever indiscriminate amount of time it is that he's been around we'll have to ask Carly next time when she's back on <laughs> get her to do some math I feel like the more we think about this the more confused we get but it's I mean it's an interesting uh, I, I think that's great for the episode I do kind of wonder about yeah like the DEO seemed like they were super undercover last season was it because they didn't want to have to deal with like bureaucratic red tape or was it because that people weren't all that aware that like aliens were just kind of rolling around? Yeah. I don't know. Those, those are good questions. Cause maybe they were just trying to, cause Superman is, 
a quote-unquote good alien. Like, he could be brainwashed or something into, you know, being someone's um, vessel or tool to do something bad. It's That's always possible, and that happens with Superman sometimes. But generally, there are a lot of planes. Excuse me if you can hear those big, giant jets flying over my house. Um, <laughs> Superman is generally considered a good alien. So for the, for the people, the public, to know he exists, maybe that's not so harmful because he's doing good in the world. But maybe the DEO, I guess, was trying to protect Earth from the bad aliens. Like they talk about it. Kara talks about it in the opening title sequence about how she's protecting. She works with the DEO to protect, the, to protect Earth from um, anyone who wants to cause it harm. So I guess maybe that's part of the DEO's MO is that they're trying to stop the bad aliens. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm starting to get really yeah, the, like, the whole, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I feel like we're just spiraling down like a rabbit hole, but, uh, I, no, I really liked, uh, I liked the whole, the whole alien amnesty, um, aspect of the episode. And I think I really liked like watching the conversation between like Lena and Kara where, Lena was sort of taking the opposite side and like a side maybe that Kara hadn't even considered before where she was saying like you were saying that like don't you know don't the humans deserve to know um, you know to be able to keep themselves safe. Yeah and I sort of when I was watching that scene I was like I think Kara is proving Lena's point because (laughs) because as as she breaks it with her heat vision. Yeah I think she sort of like gave her an example unknown like Lena doesn't know that she did that but I I felt like Kara the fact that Kara was lying to her about who she was and then messed up her you know her product her business product like lena and and her company this is what they've been working on (laughs) they they spent a lot of money on that i kind of felt bad for lena i was like dang she spent a lot of time and effort and and car just destroyed that i mean i know that that's controversial but you can't just destroy someone's stuff like i don't know i that that i was really funny because to me it felt unnecessary like when she puts her finger and it says like it beeps and it says she's an alien just be like oh i guess your device isn't really working that well but like it it felt like she knew that that was an option and she was like nah I'm going to just break this thing because I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she might have been a little... Because Carl was pretty emotional in this episode about the whole alien amnesty act. So maybe that was part of it. Maybe she was just like, oh, I don't like this. I'm going to destroy it. Um, But (laughs) But I did like when she came back in the the second scene and she's... uh, and uh, it was after the article had been published. And Lena was like, oh, you know what? I was really worried that you were going to do a hatchet job. And Carter just like straight out was like, I tried. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that was so delightful because you expect on these, I guess, and I've been, you know, primed from watching so many years of Smallville where like Clark would just lie about things that he didn't even have to lie about. to yeah. Lex, And you'd be like, why are you lying about that? He's like, he just asked you what cereal you had for breakfast. <laughs> but, but like, I liked uh, here where Kara, you know, besides the fact that she's totally an alien, Supergirl, she's like not, she's pretty honest. She was like, no, I, you know, I tried to do a hatchet job on you because I 100% disagreed. But my editor was like, that's not cool. And, uh, and I liked that Lena's reaction was just like so chill and like laid back like, oh, well, I'm glad that's like the better <laughs> version went in. The objectivity in this episode I thought was really great, and I th- I thought that 
allowing Kara, Kara you know, each character I, I felt like had a little bit of growth in this episode, which I liked about how they were sort of developing. Like, you know, Jean starts off as, I don't really think that's a good idea, Madam President. And by the end of the episode, you know, she, she kind of recommends that he go out and live in the world and try to, you know, be open as an alien. And so he goes to the dive bar and he, he uh, meets someone we'll talk about in a little bit. And, um, like, Alex starts off, you know, very anti-Alien Amnesty Act. And then by the end of the episode, she's sort of maybe open to it. And and Kara is like, yay, Alien Amnesty Act. And by the end of it, she's like, but I get why some people are not cool with this. (laughs) Um, So I think that there's, you know, it's nice to see the balance of both sides that the characters can kind of be open to that. Because, to be honest, I don't think a lot of people in the real world are open to both sides of, uh, you know, whatever it is, like, you know, a certain topic. And so it was kind of refreshing to see these characters be like, I'll hear you out. I'll listen to what you have to say. So um, I I took, I was like, oh, I want to try to be more like that. Like, you know, I think I'm pretty open-minded, but maybe I can work on that a little more. So I felt like this episode challenged me in that way. I liked how they all had, like, arcs. And and just um, for the, the Kara and Lena scenes, I have to say, like, their chemistry is still ridiculous. Like I keep still going like, what am I, what am I seeing here? But I was like, I was, I think I tweeted about it earlier today, but it it feels like the, like the leftover Smallville in me, like part of me is like, I guess Luther's and Kryptonians always kind of fall in love. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's art and you can interpret it any way you want to. Um, (laughs) I definitely want them to, like, I kind of, I like the idea of them sort of becoming friends and then at some point, because I feel like Lena's going to find out that Kara's an alien. And that's not going to sit well with her. Because Kara's going to yeah. cover it up, and she's going to cover it up. And then Lena's going to find out, and it's just going to be like, it's going to blow up. So uh, I, I, I kind of hope that it goes that route. Uh, just because I'm curious to see what that would be like. Uh, but I think, um, you know, you, you can... You can see it however you want to see it. Yeah, I definitely think I. I definitely think if you're gonna if you're gonna take something from Smallville, uh, take the best part, and that was always like the Clark and the Lex relationship in, in all its different levels. So <laughs> I think <laughs> as many different levels as you wanted to read into that relationship. Yeah, uh, because it was always a little bit like, why do they seem to be looking each other up and down so much? <laughs> Um, (laughs) so I mean, I, but I like that they're, you know, if, if Lena just like walked onto the scene and was like completely a hundred percent evil, I don't know that I would be, I mean, I'd probably be into it if I'm like telling the truth, but but I think it's, (laughs) it's an, (laughs) because you know, that'd be kind of awesome. Like I'm talking myself back around, but, uh, but uh, I think it's a it's an interesting arc to go on with them. Like if they become friends or if they become friendly and then they have like a big split. I think that that's also an interesting story to tell. So I'm interested. I, I was glad to see her back in this episode. I didn't really expect to see her at all. Yeah, I was I was glad to see her, too. And she was wearing all black in one scene. It made me really happy. And um, <laughs> I think the the fascinating thing about Lena in terms of her going bad is that she talks to Kara about Lex and about how she tried to bring Lex back onto the good side. So I think that the, the potential struggle for her to try to be good and try to do good things for the world and, and for other people and then for her to maybe even slip into that that darkness or that bad side, I think 
for me, that would be very entertaining. I would, I would be into watching that. Um, but yeah, to, to get to see more of their dynamic, I think was very exciting for me because I like seeing kind of like the main hero and, and the possible, you know, villain she's got to go up against. Cause it, right now Lena's not a villain right now. Lena's not a bad guy. But um, I, I think she, you know, she does have the last name Luther, so that does bring uh, some assumptions into play. Um, so I, I really have enjoyed their scenes. So we got the introduction to Maggie Sawyer. We talked about her a little bit, but uh, Morgan, what did you think about uh, Floriana Lima as Maggie Sawyer? I loved her. I thought she was so great in this episode. I, w- I mean, I was hyped for Maggie Sawyer coming into the episode. I left still hyped for Maggie Sawyer. So that's always a good sign. I think sometimes when you're excited about a character showing up and they show up and it's like, womp, womp. (laughs) (laughs) You never really want that to happen. I thought she was very cool. She was like smart and tough and she was very confident and uh and I liked the idea of her like knowing about this like like under underground alien dive bar where she gets tips from the locals it was really cool I was like this is not the uh the direction I expected that character to go in to like have all these ties to like the underground alien world but I thought it was it was a neat uh it was a neat way to bring both of those aspects into the show. Um, so I thought that that was really smart. And obviously her and Alex had excellent chemistry together, which I think we kind of foresaw happening. I, I know we talked about it in one of the episodes cause they've said that like one of the characters is going to be revealed to what? be, they, te- they, they like told us a story. <laughs> Did, happen? What? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I surprised. think ever since they, they definitely dropped that hint that one of the characters is going to, um, be gay this season i think we all kind of were like well probably alex right so uh i think this kind of confirmed that like they had great chemistry together there was i felt like it was very like the way that you would always start like a meet cute where they're like arguing with each other and they're like oh you're on my jurisdiction and like i and i thought that they had good chemistry together which i was a little worried about because like you never know um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed her her whole arc in this episode, and I think it sets her up really nicely to to come back in in future episodes and work with the team. Yeah, I liked uh, the way Maggie was portrayed in this episode because she was really smart. Like she sort of puts it together that Alex works for the DEO because she kind of gets the hints, and then she <laughs> then she sees Alex with the DEO storming into this like warehouse area. So she's <laughs> like, "You're the DEO, aren't you?" So I liked that she was played as smart, and I liked that she was no-nonsense and that she was not afraid to go up against some of these these uh, bad guys and that she uh, – I liked the, the – um, so Supergirl and Shocker have this, like, fight, and they're kind of going at it, and, and Maggie and Alex are – kind of off to the side trying to figure out how they're going to participate in this fight. And the the last person who gets, you know, kind of the knockout, uh, not knockout punch, but, like, she gets she gets the, uh, the final say with the, the physical say is Maggie. And I thought that was really cool that this new character who we just ca- kind of got to know, we know that she can hang with them. Like, you know, she, she's somebody who can participate in these fights and these, uh, these alien situations. So I like that about Maggie. I thought, I thought she was cool. And it, I, I think um, they sort of brought out some things about her backstory that I don't think were in the comics, but I can go with it. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of, uh, 
you know, kind of in, put that into the character now because they talk about how she grew up in Blue Springs, Nebraska. I don't know if that's comic book accurate, but um, I thought that was interesting that they uh, brought that in because I didn't know Blue Springs, Nebraska existed. So now I know it's a real place. Um, is it a real place? It is a real place. So that's good to know. Um, and I don't know if we have any listeners in Blue Springs, Nebraska, but if we do, hello. Um, but um, I th- <laughs> Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. Um, T- tell Maggie we say hello. Yes, yes. Um, and I, I thought Maggie had a really nice scene where she did talk about how she felt like an outcast when she was growing up, and that's why she can relate to the people in the dive bar. That's, it, was, it was nice, and also at the same time, I was like, I've seen this before. I mean, I, I don't have a real huge knowledge of the X-Men, but this was definitely played up in season four of Heroes with Claire Bennett, where, you know, it's kind of this, you know, the, the metahuman outcast who is looked upon differently is also a metaphor for Claire being gay. It, this is, it, it's kind of, it's, I'm like, I've been there, I've done that. I've seen this on TV. But at the same time, I thought Floriana gave a good performance, and I thought she made me feel for the character and what she was going through and what she was saying. So, so I did like that. One of my um, my favorite moments that you touched on it was um, when they were, you know, fighting, and uh, and I love it. At the end, she was just like, "That was so fun." <laughs> I felt like that was such like I was like, "Oh man, her and Kara are gonna like." hang yeah because <laughs> that is like that is like Kara's like life motto <laughs> like, <laughs> like yay so I was like oh that's the right level of enthusiasm to like hang out with the Danvers sisters you'll be fine <laughs> yeah she's gonna get along with them pretty well well and uh we got to meet well we've we've kind of known him for a couple episodes but we finally got to know his name uh this time around um so we were officially introduced to Monel in this episode and I didn't realize until today that maybe there was some difference in opinion of how to pronounce his name I've always called it <laughs> I've always said Monel because that's how I, I've read it but when I saw this uh, video with Allie Adler that was posted to the official Supergirl Twitter account she said it as Monel and I was like, oh, uh-huh. now I am questioning everything. <laughs> um, but because the actor says Monel in the episode, I think that's what we should go with. Um, Morgan, what did you think about Monel in this episode? So I, I don't know who he is comic book character wise, um, which I kind of like. Uh, every now and then it's, it's nice to be like, I have no idea who that is. Because you don't have any preconceived notions going in, like what kind of story he's going to have. Um, and I really liked the, uh, I mean, I liked the actor and I, um, I liked the character. I, I liked that he was like a little snarky, a little sarcastic. Uh, and I liked the way that he butted heads with, with Kara. I thought that they had really good chemistry. What did you think about his um, interactions with, with Kara? Because they, they sort of... They did butt heads, but I think they kind of came together a little bit at the end. What, what did you think about their introductions to each other? Yeah, I like their introductions to each other. And I wasn't familiar with um, the like the whole backstory about his home world and like Krypton and how they didn't get along. So I actually thought that was really interesting because you see Kara spends the entire episode talking about like not having preconceived notions about aliens and giving everybody a fair chance and then she meets this guy and she's like oh ew he's from that <laughs> gross planet i hate no he's awful 
<laughs> like automatically she it's like the amount of like pettiness that she had in those scenes with him was was I mean obviously it's not good but it was really funny it was like it was definitely a different side of car we haven't really seen before like she just wrote him off entirely literally just based off of where he was born it's like literally the definition of just like prejudice and she was like ugh this guy no he's gonna be the worst yeah I actually really liked that because I think that in my opinion, speaks to all of us. Because I think we all, in some degree or another, even if we don't want to admit it, we all have prejudices in us somewhere about someone or something. And so I thought that was really honest that they would allow Supergirl to have that kind of opinion and kind of already, you know, informed and already assumed opinion about this guy just you know like you said based on where he was from so i actually thought that was awesome as a as a character thing for her to to have that to be able to show that side of her and i i think that that um helps me look at my own prejudices because i'm like if supergirl has those kinds of thoughts i need (laughs) i need to work on myself um so i think that that was a a cool look into her background and and krypton and daxum and their sister sister world thing and all of their um problems with each other and i thought it was really cool that by the end of the episode they connected on a level because they both lost their home worlds. Um, I, I thought the scene where a Supergirl has to kind of break the bad news to Monel that Daxum is, you know, virtually a wasteland now, and I thought that that was a really nice moment between the two of them because they both, you know, Supergirl says, you know, your home and my home, they're gone, and I thought that was. It, it said so much to me about how we can have these preconceived notions about other people and we can think we know everything about them and we don't like them because of where they're from or what they believe or how they dress or whatever it is. But if you get to know somebody and you find that you have something in common, that can break down some barriers. And I, I thought that spoke so much to how we can interact with each other in real life, not just seeing it play out, you know, on the TV screen. So I thought above, yeah, I, above I, all of that, I thought that was spoke so much to, I guess, the human condition. Yeah, no, I I liked that scene so much the uh, the scene where she has to to break the bad news to him, and I also really liked the scene where she's being really petty and she's she's saying like, well, you know, you guys started it, and he goes like, what are you talking about? You started it, you know, <laughs> like they're they're fighting about this thing that they probably don't even remember. Like they probably weren't alive to remember. Like it has no personal impact or stakes on them at all. And yet they're still fighting about it. It reminded me a lot of, um, this comic book called, um, saga, which is super great. Um, if people haven't, uh, checked it out, it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, you should definitely, definitely check it out. Uh, but it, it's also, you know, there are these alien races and they're, they've been fighting for so long that they practically don't even know why they're fighting anymore, but they're sure that the other side is wrong. <laughs> right. It's, 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 yeah, it's so interesting. You know, they probably like Kara and this, and Monel probably have no personal stakes involved at all in this, in this fight between their two planets. And yet the second they're in each other, like, you know, next to each other, they're fighting about this thing that like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in the end it, it didn't matter because both of their home worlds, um, are no more. And so those, those things that they fought about, they're not in play anymore just because the, the, 
you know the the races are are, are gone unfortunately and so uh so it's kind of up to them to to make things right and to start over and so i think that that was a little bright spot of of hope for me to see them do that that they were willing to you know face the facts face the truth and kind of um, work together to try to get beyond that and uh we got to meet another martian well another alien in this episode uh we got to see a little bit of miss martian at the end of this uh this week's episode what did you think of the reveal of mcgann moore's i thought it was really cool i i remembered that miss martian was showing up this season but I didn't specifically think it was going to be in this episode. And then I kind of feel like about a couple minutes into the episode, I remembered, I was like, oh, is Miss Martian supposed to be in this episode? But by the end of it, I was like, there's no way. Because there was like so much had happened. And I was like, we had Linda Carter, this guy's Monel, like Maggie Sawyer, like all the things, all the people. <laughs> like, there's no way. And I liked that quick, you know, it was just like a tease of her, but it was, it was a really cool way to introduce the character. And I loved, uh, I loved, uh, John going to the, the alien dive bar <laughs> as himself, like not, not in his like Hank Henshaw suit, but like, he was like, I'm just going to go and get a drink, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he was going to go check it out and see what it, see what it was all about. He was like, fine, fine. I'll, I'll do this thing. I can, I can hang with the aliens, with the youth, <laughs> <laughs> the youths. Um, yeah, and I, I thought that was cool because he, he took the president's words to heart and he, he decided he would go try to live in the world and see what that was all about. And and I liked in the episode that they sort of they sort of teased her a little bit because she was I think she was the bartender of this bar. And so she sort of helps Alex a little bit. And we see her throughout the episode. But by the end of it, that's when it really kind of kicks in that I, I was shocked that we were going to get to see full on Miss Martian. Like I knew that Sharon Leal was going to be in the episode. So I thought we would just sort of get to know her first. But then I was like, oh my gosh, she's in the full costume and everything. This is awesome. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And I like that she introduced herself as the last daughter of Mars. So she's sort of revealed herself as a green Martian. So I wonder if that's going to uh, kind of be in conflict later on when, um, spoiler alert, maybe that's not the case. Um, if you listen to our character spotlight, you might know uh, something more about that. So uh, you can go listen to that to find out more. Um, but there's uh, there's some uh, potentially some great things that could happen between Martian Manhunter and Miss Martian. So I'm very excited to see where that goes. Yeah, I'm so excited for what, and not just to have her on the show, but also for what that would mean for, for Martian Manhunter and his character. Because obviously, I think we're all huge fans of his on the on the podcast here but yeah any anything that means more more john jones more hank kenshaw in my life is is definitely welcome yeah i'm glad he's gonna get a really good storyline for himself this season well morgan what did you think about welcome to earth do you have any leftover thoughts or do you just have some some overall thoughts what did you think about it I give this one 10 invisible jets. <laughs> I, I, I was, I, I really liked this episode. I, I'm a broken record at this point. I, I like them all more than the one before, but I liked this one so much so far. It was my, my favorite of the season. I think that there was a lot it was saying and, uh, and it balanced a lot of things really well. And I think what you can tell it something ba an episode balances a lot really well is that you don't think 
there was like a huge, like a crazy amount that happened in the episode until you go back and you realize, like, just talking about this, I was like, wow, they packed a lot into this episode. But when I was watching it, I didn't feel like it was overstuffed. Like, I was with it 100% of the way. I wasn't really taken out of the story. Like, we didn't even... We we talked about this for, you know, however long already, and we we didn't even talk about our, our boy Snapper Carr. Oh, we'll, we'll get to him in listener <laughs> feedback. We, we won't be so, missing that. We'll, we, we'll never miss an opportunity to talk about <laughs> Snapper. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, like, if you think about it, like, how, how long do we talk about all these different elements? And I just remembered that there was, like, a whole Snapper james subplot in the episode i think that it it really balanced everything really well and uh and used the i mean it introduced so many new characters and i didn't feel like we were getting the sometimes you'll see on tv like the new character will like show up on screen and be like hello i am a new character here are my personality traits and it's it's you're always like ugh. uh and i think that they introduced the new characters very organically into this episode like i i feel like i know um, Maggie Sawyer a lot better, um, and I feel like I'm I'm interested in what's going to go on with Miss Marsh and, and what's happening with the president. I think that's one of the strong suits of the episode is that they were able to interweave all of these different elements and all these different stories. And like you were talking about with the characters, like I think it benefited them to have Monel for a couple of episodes where we sort of knew he was there. But then we eventually got the reveal of who he really, truly was this episode. So it took a little while to get there. And, and they just teased Miss Martian just enough that you want to come back next next time and find out more about her. And, and the Maggie Sawyer thing, you know, we got more of Maggie Sawyer. So that sort of balanced everything out. So I thought they did a, a good job introducing people when they needed to. And even though this episode, like I had mentioned, like I've seen some of this kind of stuff before. So I didn't feel like it was like breaking new ground in what it was trying to say. But I... I think that what I liked about this episode is it it did make me think about larger real world issues and it kind of made me think about how I treat other people and how I judge other people and how I should um, try to be more open minded with people. And I thought that I thought that was a good thing. You know, it was like, that's something I can work on. So I, I like that it showed that we all kind of have these judgments that we make about each other, but we can grow as people and recognize that, you know, one of the steps, I guess, is to recognize that you have those prejudices and, um, and just find a way to connect with people who may be different from you. So I, I liked what the episode had to say about that. Well, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but, uh, let's listen to some voicemails and hear what some of our listeners had to say about welcome to earth. Hey, uh, this is Logan. I, I write for uh, graphic policy in the Mary Sue and, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Welcome to Earth. Um, yeah, mo- for the most part, it was mostly just that one scene with uh, Maggie Sawyer um, talking about how, like, when she she was at the the alien bar, she was there because she felt like, as a you know queer woman of color, that she could be like accepted in that kind of place. And and then it's like a big reason why I like love reading comics like the X Men and even like some of the more recent Supergirl stuff that Steve Orlando has done um, because. Um, or, uh, because, like, it's kind of like a metaphor for outside, being an outsider, and it's cool that, like, you can actually, instead of just, like, oh, well, X-Men are metaphor for gay, it's like, there's an actual, like, queer character in the show, and, yeah, um, 
My, my thoughts are better in writing. Sorry. Bye. Logan, don't feel bad about, you know, about your voicemail. Um, I definitely would like to read some of your stuff now that you called in. Um, but I, uh, I think that's such a great point about, you know, outsiders and people feeling like they um, are outside of, you know, other groups. And I, I think in, in terms of this episode, for, for me, it made me think about, you know, where, where am I an outsider? Where do I feel like an outcast? And so that made me think, uh, a lot about myself and how, cause I, cause I think uh, most of it, I mean, well, I don't want to make generalized, you know, uh, assumptions about everybody, but I think it, it's probably possible, probably possible. Is that a good way to say that? But, um, sure. uh, I, I think that, you know, there's probably something in us that we all kind of feel like an outsider in, in some way or form, um, in, in our lives. I know I do that, you know, sometimes with the, the things I believe or where I live or, um, you know, what football team I cheer for, you know, like (laughs) there are, there are things in my life that I know that, you know, I get judged for or that I, um, am disregarded for. So I think that even, even though that this episode seemed to be talking about, uh, gay people, Maggie Sawyer's experience, or aliens, something like that. I think um, it made me think of how how do I feel like an outcast, and how can I prevent other people from feeling like that? So I, I think that that was a you know a really strong part of the episode. Yeah, I thought that was a great voicemail. First of all, um, and now I really want to look up uh, his writing because you know if, if that's not as you know if his writing is better. <laughs> I'm excited to see to see what that reads like, but I think he made a really good point, which is like, you know, if you look at the the X Men, you could definitely read them as a metaphor for like LGBT people. But isn't it more powerful to have like an actual LGBT person on the show as representation? And now now we have that on there on Supergirl, so I think that that's great. Yeah, and it's you know it's always good to get somebody else's perspective, especially from someone who is going through something like that and actually hearing um, what what they kind of got through their experience. Um, so thank you for that call, Logan. All I can say about this episode, fantastic. Writer Jessica Quiller has done it. She has given us a very quality episode, and Linda Carter was fantastic. And especially at the end when she walked out, oh, are you kidding me? Four stars. I loved it. Thank you. That that kind of sums up my feelings with the twist ending when she uh, when the the POTUS walked out, possibly an alien. I was like, ooh, this is good. This is going <laughs> I, to be good. I feel like th- that voicemail had the same like level of enthusiasm for that twist as we did. Like we were like, what? <laughs> yeah. And also, I think that's interesting. He uh, he pointed out that the writer of the episode was uh, Jessica Queller. Who that I I noticed the name too. I I hadn't been paying as much attention to the credits, but um, a fun fact I guess. Um, I know that she used to work on Gossip Girl, so that's cool. that's cool to see her move on to uh to Supergirl. So quality episode this week. Um, Morgan, would you like to uh, read the tweets? Normally we have Carly do this, but she's feeling a little under the weather. Um, we miss you, Carly. Wish you could be here to discuss this episode, um, but since she's not here. Um, would you read uh, the tweets for us? Sure. At Chris Fundalinski said, a loving the Wonder Woman spin that Supergirl did to blow out the fire and loved being uh, and loved Kara being starstruck over the president. Yeah, she really um, she really fangirled over the president. It was pretty funny. 
she was fangirling hard. She was fangirling as much as I would if I met Linda Carter. So I feel like that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At Wondercast said, as a Wonder Woman fan, I love the subtle nods to the Amazon princess. But no, she's a wonderful woman reference. Yeah, I mean, they could have worked something like that in there, but I thought what they did was pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Rebecca. I think that, like, after the, uh, just the barrage of Superman references, they were like, so we got to cool it. We, we used up all our no-chill on those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Pro said, uh, didn't like it, and I want it to because Linda Carter, but it was way too political. I mean, that's interesting because I feel like that's something we liked about it. Yeah, well, I can see it from both sides. Like, if you're just like, I'm watching this to escape life and especially, especially <laughs> escape the political say, climate. I was about to say, I understand. I guess I understand this election season, which is basically the equivalent of just like standing outside, staring at a dumpster fire. <laughs> why you would maybe want to get as far away from politics as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a fair critique. Um, I, I think that I liked what it was trying to say, but I can see that it would be uh, too political for some people. At Emo Pengu said, loved how this episode was a mix of race, immigration, and maybe LGBT issues. So that's interesting. I, some people really liked the uh, sort of the political stuff or, you know, the real world stuff. And some people were like, oh, God, not more. <laughs> Um, at Miss Lily 99 said, I loved all the alien underground scenes. Loved that Earth is not alone and full of mystery. Uh, at Madtown Davidson said, I thought that was a terrific episode. Rooting for Maggie and Alex to go on a double date with Kara, with Kara and Lena. That's funny. So, okay, I'm not alone here. <laughs> um, at Sun Moon Knight said, Love, Ma- love Maggie. Shipped her with Alex in the first five seconds they met. Linda Carter was great, and Cars Twirl made me so happy. Um, at US underscore TV underscore Addict said, what do you think that they are saying uh, via Cars clothes, trousers and shirts for journalism, dresses for casual? What well, that's you- interesting. I didn't even I didn't even consider it. Like, literally didn't even think about it. Yeah, I, I noticed that she was wearing more pants in Cat Code this season, because in season one, she wears a lot of dresses, a lot of skirts. Um, as Kat's assistant. So I think with the journalism thing, maybe they're trying to show her change. Like the, you know, season one was the carefreeness, the in the office assistant, Kara was the dresses and the skirts, but now she has made a change in her life and she's moved on to a different career. So maybe the, the trousers and, um, and, and that kind of thing, maybe those are trying to say, okay, she's changed careers and even, like, just the physicality of, like, reporters going out into the field, you never know what you're going to enter, encounter. So maybe pants are a better choice. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I think that they um, maybe are just trying to signify a change. Although Cara has had issues with her own wardrobe several times. I remember last season when she got a red coat tonight and burned it all. Yeah, that I'd forgotten. She's like burning it all down. (laughs) You just uh, reminded me of that. She she must have had to start over. (laughs) Exactly. Maybe that's it. Maybe Maybe that's the change. She's like, you know what? I think more pants this time. (laughs) That's what it is. Question answered. (laughs) At Ratasmo one said, I got a real Star Wars cantina scene vibe and also Carita's from uh, Angel, from the Angel TV series from that dive bar for aliens. 
Yeah, that's funny because for me, when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's just like the No Man's Land bar from the Birds of Prey TV series. It's almost, for me, when I saw it, I thought it was almost identical because in Birds of Prey, No Man's Land is a place where, like, the metahuman characters go to hang out to kind of have a safe haven from the rest of the world, and they can kind of hang out together. And that's almost exactly what this this other bar, this dive bar was on Supergirl. So I thought that that was really interesting. And I, I tell people all the time that Birds of Prey was ahead of its time. And I feel like this is another example that it paved the way for shows to come in the future. So um, people give Birds of Prey uh, a hard time, but I'm like, they were doing this 10 years ago, maybe more than that. I can't remember when Birds of Prey first came out. But it was, I think it was like 2002 or something. It was, hashtag bring back Birds of Prey. Yes. No, I, uh, a friend of mine uh, was talking that up the show, so I bought the DVDs, and we were kind of watching through the show, and we would laugh about how everything is so, like, early 90s late uh, early 2000s late 90s where there's like the hang the cool hangout spot that they all hang out in <laughs> yeah. like if you watch buffy and they're all at the what was it the bronze like <laughs> it's the same situation like all those all those wb shows they always had the one hangout spot because they probably only had the budget for like the one location they were like we know they all have to always be at the bar <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. all we can afford but uh yeah no i i also thought of characters from uh Although I, I can't remember how to pronounce the name of the bar, I did immediately think of it, uh, the bar from Angel, where they all did the karaoke, uh, and they were all the, like, the, the demons and stuff, because it was, it was very, like, a similar, similar vibe in that bar. Um, at True underscore Just underscore Brian said, wow, Linda Carter still looks amazing, and aliens love Dolly Parton. That would be my favorite bar. I know. I thought it was so funny when they first said, oh, the password is Dollywood. I was like, Dollywood? Why are they talking about Dollywood? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love Dollywood. Dollywood is great. And I, you know, I've, I've been there several times, done the rides. You know, I've heard during Christmas, they do these wonderful shows. I mean, they just, they do it up. Dolly has, you know, you know Dolly has great shows. So I am not looking down. I love Dolly Parton. Um, but I just thought that was so random. It was like, oh, okay, aliens love some Dolly Parton. And even inside the bar, there were some Dolly Parton songs that were being played. And just FYI, I've added them to the Supergirl Radio playlist. So they are in there if you want to listen to some Dolly Parton. Well, and we received an email from Kate who clears up some things about Alex's background for us. She writes, quote, PhDs engage in cutting-edge research into the details of biological and biochemical and biomechanical, biomechanical mechanisms. Whew, those are some big words. Uh, MMDs are all about the prevention and treatment of illness to in individual humans. If you're interested in curing disease, you become a PhD. If you're interested in curing sick people, you become an MD. With her PhD in bioengineering, there is no way that Alex would have a medical career, at least not in a patient care setting. Bioengineers apply engineering concepts to biological problems. Typically, bioengineers are involved in creating devices. In the context of Supergirl, Alex should have been the one to come up with the idea of the protective suit as this would very much be a bioengineering project, unquote. So thank you, Kate, for a clear That was a really informative email. It totally clears it up. Um, and now I kind of wish Alex had been the one to create the 
the protective suit suit for Superman, Supergirl. It does now with all that new information. I feel like that was a missed opportunity to show Alex's background, but the more you know. Uh, we also got a question from Dylan via Facebook, who asks, "Wait." Whatever happened to Carr's office? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> we haven't seen it. Ah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, cat giveth and cat taketh away. Yeah, cat was like, I'm leaving and I'm taking your office with me. Yeah, that's the yeah, because Carr is now kind of like in a bullpen, I guess. She, she she doesn't even have a chair. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know what they're doing with that. I guess it she's, fa- she's fallen pretty far. She had her own office, and now she ha- doesn't even have a chair. Oh well, I yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. One one we have no answer to. Uh, and we have another email from a listener named John who writes, quote, Remember when we first met Snapper? He's just finishing a briefing with Cat. We don't hear what they were talking about, but I suspect that he's really not as big of a jerk as he seems. I think Cat told him to test the people she put in new positions. That's why he had a smirk when James finally stood up for himself, unquote. Um, so... <laughs> John's email, uh, Morgan, I thought would be a good chance for us to talk about the James versus Snapper situation that happened in Welcome to Earth. Um, Do you think that Snapper was just trying to give it to James a little bit to test the waters? Or do you think he was having a legitimate concern about what was about James's leadership? I think that's interesting because I hadn't I hadn't actually thought about that. That like maybe Kat was like you know, make sure that they're doing a good job or, like, test them to, you know, to have them reach their full potential or whatever. So, yeah, I could I could definitely see that as being a very Cat Grant way of leaving. Just be, like, on the way out the door, oh, by the way, I told someone to be a jerk to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but it did, uh, honestly, the way that he was testing James seemed very in keeping with his the, his character and, like, the character that we met in the first, uh, in the first episodes that is, you know, kind of abrupt and and is very set in his ways and and thinks that he knows the the right way to do things um i'm also obviously uh and continue to be upset that he hasn't snapped at anyone like uh, car did have that line like maybe that's why they call him snapper but i'm like no no yeah no no i want some snaps you're you're not you're not informed (laughs) that is not correct i was live tweeting from the supergirl radio account and i saw that carly was also live tweeting in this and at almost the exact same time we were both like no carl you are wrong (laughs) it was really funny (laughs) we both got really defensive on twitter about the whole snapper name it was cracking me up uh, I, I like how how we're like just all in on Snapper. <laughs> we have we have made our choices, people. Now we're <laughs> Team Snapper. But uh, I definitely thought like we're just watching this episode. It it's rough. They have no idea. They still don't seem like they know what to do with James. I I I hope that they figure it out this season because <laughs> they they seem to be struggling a little bit. And, and this episode, I think you know he had like a nice storyline about you know, trying to assume leadership and like having a struggle for power with snapper and stuff like that. But it still seems like, I don't know. It still seems like they haven't quite figured out what, what this character is and how this character is going to work on the show, which, you know, a season and a couple episodes in is, it seems like it's about, it's about that time to figure out what you're going to do with him. Yeah. And I get that. Like they need to show that James needs to figure out this new position of his, but he's also had a lot of career. Like, he used to work at the Daily Planet before he came to CatCo. Like, I feel like he should know 
that you don't come up with the headline first. I guess I keep struggling with the fact that, like, he's a photographer. Like, why isn't he out in the field <laughs> photographing? Like, why is, why did he become, why did they make him the new head of CatCo? Like, to me, that just, when that happened in the last, I think it was the last episode, that just, to me, kind of, like, solidified what I had been thinking, which is that they don't know what to do with this character because he's a... Uh, in theory, he's a celebrated photojournalist. Um, I don't know that you would make them a CEO of a company. Like you would probably want them to be doing what it is that they are best at doing, which is photojournalisting. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't question Kat's methods. Maybe she has a reason for it. Um, but I, like you said, you know, being on Team Snapper, I was totally Team Snapper in this episode. I loved him. I, I thought he was great because he, he was, he was keeping Kara to the fire. He was like, if I wanted your opinion on the news, I would assign you to op-ed. Like, I thought he really held her accountable for being a reporter. Like, she had to, you know, stick to the facts. You know, he told her, he was like, who, what, when, where, and why? You know, like, stick to those basic questions. And he, he talked about truthful reporting versus biased reporting. And then that's why I got so upset with James at the end of the episode when he, like, rewrote Snapper's piece. I was like, you rewrote his piece? How dare you? Like, I got so upset with James. I was like, you do not do that to Snapper Carr. So, um, but I, I, I and, and I was also like, you have editing experience. Like, what is James's experience? He <laughs> seems like he has whatever experience the episode needs him to have, uh, which is why I, I keep on harping on it. But it's like why I think like they have some real character problems. Like, I didn't know that James was like writing stuff. Like, it would be cool if he, if it turns out like he had been like doing some reporting while he was at the Daily Planet. But we have literally no indication of this it's never been brought up before and now he's rewriting uh his, you know his editorial director's articles james the grown man <laughs> olsen is a renaissance man he can do he everything. was just like uh, he was just like excuse me snapper i'm grown <laughs> <laughs> yes i did like when snapper told Kara, like you can't just like i asked you for a news piece and you hand it me uh, like a Facebook rant. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically what it and, and Carl was so proud of it. But I, I she was like, yeah, I made some good points in that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really proud of that sentence. Yeah, I think um, I think she needed that was another step, a stepping stone in her journalistic career that she she needed to know that lesson. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, snaps for snapper on that one. Snaps uh, for snapper. Because he, he, he really, um, he was holding down the fort for journalistic integrity for, in this episode. <laughs> um, our last email is from a listener named Marcus who wrote, As a black man, Jean's words about prejudices were visceral and a continued testament to David Harewood's outstanding acting on the show. Yeah, I actually really love that line that he had. Um, but, you know, David Harewood is, is always amazing. He says, people in this world don't have much tolerance for others who look different. I say that as an alien and someone who's worn the face of a black man for 15 years. Yeah, that was a, it was a great line. And I agree, David Harewood's uh, acting, especially in this episode, this week's episode, I thought he, he was great because he dealt with a lot of different emotions. You know, see, you know finding Miss Martian, dealing with the president. Um, talking about the prejudices and the concerns that he had. I, I really, I thought he did a good job. 
All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for that feedback. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we are also on Spotify. We have a Supergirl Radio playlist there. And, of course, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network, the ever-expanding network. (laughs) So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC films and classic DC TV shows. Subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and like DC TV podcast on Facebook. And I just would like to volunteer my services to the classic DC TV podcast because I would totally be game to talk about birds of prey. If you ever, if you ever talk about uh, any of those episodes or the show itself, give me, give me a holler. Because I will come and talk about yes. it. Yes. Uh, because I, I... That would be amazing. I enjoyed this episode of Supergirl because I was like, oh, this will give me an excuse to talk about Birds of Prey. Uh, <laughs> and if uh, you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid, And you can watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. That's D-U-C-K-M-I-L-K-P-R-O-D. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can find my writing on Buddy TV. And I'm also a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So you should check that out. And if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember that it's not enough to defend the world. You need to live in it, too. got itself an underground alien fight club. She calls herself roulette. I only play safe bets. She has powerful friends. So do I. I'm shutting you down. The girl of steel. Tonight, they fight to the death. Fight! Supergirl. All new this Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we're back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Survivors. The official description reads, quote, When Kara and Alex investigate the murder of an unregistered alien, the trail leads to an alien fight club run by Roulette. Guest star Deachin Lockman, the ringmaster who commands aliens to fight in mortal combat for the entertainment of rich humans. While trying to stop the fighting, Supergirl and Martian Manhunter find themselves up against a surprising opponent. Meanwhile, I feel like I need to say that in the, uh, who is it, Ted Knight 
you know, kind of the super friends. Uh, meanwhile, uh, I, I should do that now. Uh, then I think about that. I should do that every time. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Hank is thrilled to have another found another Martian and tries to get to know McGann, guest star Sharon Leal, better. Supergirl takes Monel under her wing and begins to train him. Unquote. So, Morgan, what in this description has you most excited? I'm really excited for the uh, like alien fight club because I love uh, Deech and Lockman. I've seen her in a bunch of different things, but uh, she was recently in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, I knew her originally from Dollhouse and she's always great in everything. So uh, I'm excited to see her play like a villain. That'll be really cool. Um, and I think um, more of Martian Manhunter and Miss Martian will be cool. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about most of the description, actually. I'm just going to, like, read the whole thing back to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I am also very excited about this Alien Fight Club. Uh, We talked about it a little bit when we talked about the roulette news, that it's sort of a play on, you know, some JLU roulette that was happening. So if you you like Justice League Unlimited, you'll be sort of familiar with this concept. Uh, so I think this is going to be really fun. And Roulette looks awesome. Like, Teach and Lockman does look pretty cool, the promo that they had for it. I was just like, ooh, she looks like she is not messing around. So I, I think she's going to be exciting to watch. And the surprising opponent, I can't hmm. remember when it was. It might have been our Metallo spotlight that I think I talked about how with Miss Martian, or maybe it was the Miss Martian spotlight, actually, with Andy. Um, I talked about how I thought it would be cool if maybe Supergirl and Miss Martian fought in the cage match. And I'm thinking that might happen. I'm not saying I predicted this, but it might happen. And uh, I'm going to be be looking out for that. So um, because I think that would be really cool because, you know, Martians, you know, the, the green Martians, especially like John and the Kryptonians, have a lot of the same power sets. So they're both really powerful. And the the kind of the main difference is that the the like Jean Martian Manhunter his weakness is fire, and so Supergirl has you know an upper hand with that because she's of course has the heat vision. So I think that would be really interesting to see what happens if that if they have to kind of go up against each other. So I am very much looking forward to that, and uh, I think this sounds like a really exciting episode. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with another episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.